Welcome to Possibly Speaking, a podcast that explores the highest spheres of spiritual thought as they find expression in our lived experience. Here's our host and the Mashpia of the Light Revealed, Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld. Hey, Chevra. So, in this week's Parsha, in this week's Torah leaning, what we encounter is the story of Avram Avinu and the beginning of his journey towards godliness. One of the most important things that we have to bear in mind when it comes to Avram Avinu, when it comes to the pillar of faith upon which we rely on and upon which we draw faith within ourselves, is that Avram Avinu was called to wander. Lech lecha, go, go forth. But where, towards what destination, how, Avram Avinu is not told. Because at the beginning, at the onset of one's journey, one of the essential things that one must do is be willing to take that leap of faith to take that leap of faith into the unknown of that which follows the known that we're leaving behind. And that difficulty, that willingness to sacrifice the known for the unknown, to wander without destination, to walk without direction, is the birthplace of the faith that we carry within ourselves whenever we encounter a scenario where we're just not quite sure how things are going to turn out. Now, the Alter Rebbe, Rav Shner Zaman of Liadi, told us that it is essential that we live with the times. And when we read the Torah readings describing the journeys and the wanderings of Avraham, Abraham, the night of faith, it is essential for us to apply these concepts that we find into our own lives. It's not enough to read the books of wisdom, the books of the Torah, insight as something that has happened in the past, but rather it is something that needs to be understood as applying to my life and my own experience in this very moment, to the extent that when a person opens up really any book, a person opens up any sacred texts, it's important that in spite of the fact that I know these things have been written long before me and will continue to be read long after me. But nevertheless, in the encounter with myself and the text, I need to believe deep within my soul that these words were written for me individually and that these words have never been properly understood in their intensity until I have sat down to encounter them and encounter their message to me in this very present moment. So let's look for a second at the journey of Abraham. Abraham finds himself stuck within a palace of inequity. He finds himself living in a palace that worshiped idols to the greatest degree. Again, the worship of idols is not some paganistic attempt to value a statue, but rather it is an integral drive that all of us have within ourselves because an idol is something measurable. An idol is something factual. An idol is something that can be weighed and measured. We can understand its height and its width and its dimensions. And I can know nearly everything that I can possibly need to know about an idol. An idol is something manageable. It is a higher power that is not higher than me, but rather something that I have under my control. It is an object that provides a false sense of stability and substantiality, really no different than the idols that many of us find ourselves living with, whether it be uh, an idolatrous behavior or a substance that I stand upon to give me that sense of well-being. 
Abraham lived with that certainty of substance, with that certainty of knowing what the ground underneath him was. It was the idols of his life, the stones of his life, the, the measurable, identifiable things that he was able to hang his hat, so to speak, on. And then an unknown voice emerges. Everything about the call to Avraham was rooted and steeped in the unknowingness of it all, the unknowability, the unknown, and the unknowing. Everything about Avraham Avinu's encounter was rooted in a faith that transcends the need for rational knowledge. Avraham is told to leave his land, to leave the house of his father, and I'm sorry, Avram Bavinu was told, to leave your land, to leave your birth origin, and to leave the home of your father. What our tzaddikim point out is from a psychological perspective, these three points of contact that God demands Abraham to extricate himself from and leave represent different motivating factors in our lives, different conditions that we're born with. A person is influenced by what? A person is influenced in in the place that they live, the experience that a person has rooted in the country, rooted in the geographic location, whether it be on a spiritual level or even on a physical level, a person is influenced by the micro and macro systems that surround them, the concentric circles within which I live. Originally, there's going to be the home I'm born in, then there's the block that I live on, and then there's the community I live in, and then there's the city and the state and the country and the hemisphere, et cetera, et cetera. Each and every one of those elements have small but very impactful influences on how we function as human beings. From the upbringing that we have, from the nurture that we encounter, by the way that we're raised. So we're leaving our nature. We're leaving as well. We're leaving our nurture, our father's home, the way that we're raised. We're talking about the nature and the nurture of the individual, the things that are beyond my control, the things that are within my control, the influences that have informed the decisions that I make, the things that I have been in control of and the things that I'm not in control of, the things that I could have controlled and the things that I couldn't have controlled, things that I have free will over and things that are beyond the confines of my free will, conditions that I've brought upon myself and conditions that have been brought upon me, all of them. God says to Avram, leave that, leave your situatedness, leave your certainty, leave your perception of yourself, leave, leave the idol that you have made out of yourself in terms of knowing who you are or thinking you know who you are and wander towards where it doesn't matter. The ichor, the essential act is picking oneself up and transitioning away from what is known and embracing the unknown. But what was it that drew Avraham? What was it that made Avraham unique in order to receive the call from God to wander, to break free from the conditions that he found himself in, to emancipate himself from that mental slavery that he came to realize that no one but himself can free his mind? What was it that led God, so to speak, that voice, that higher power to reach out to Avraham? Now, there's a very important teaching from the tzaddikim, from the base medrash of Ishbitz and Radzin. And again, for those who are aware of the base medrash and those who are not yet aware of the base medrash, this base medrash, this school of thought of Ishbitz and Radzin is the baseline of psychological growth. Because at first glance, Ishbitz and Radzin are finally the ones who come to say, we get it. Being human is a very, very difficult thing. And that is where the Torah is speaking to you from. As opposed to believing or pretending that life is this easy thing and then falling into struggle and wondering what in the world has happened, Ishbitz and Radzin and the tzaddikim that follow it, call it what it is. Life is hard, 
And it is within the difficulty, within the struggle, within the, the, the pains of being human, the intensity of being human, that's specifically where a person is going to uncover the potency of what it means to manifest themselves, to grow, to make a decision in life, to be in conscious contact with themselves. And so the Medrash tells us that Avram Avinu saw what? He saw a, a lit up palace. He saw a world that was illuminated, Bira Dolekes. And he said, this intelligent design, could it be that there's no creator to this? And that's the typical way this Medrash is interpreted, that Avram Avinu saw this lit up palace and he saw it to be so rationally clear that this was rooted in a power greater than himself that he came to realize that there was a higher power. But aside from that way of reading, there's another way of reading. Bira Dolekas, a lit up palace, doesn't necessarily mean a beautiful, fancy palace that bespeaks the mark or the stamp or the fingerprint of an architect. But Bira Dolekas, an illuminated palace, can also be read as a palace in flames. That Avram Avinu encountered a world and he saw suffering, he saw pain, he saw difficulty, he saw that people suffer, that I suffer, that all of us suffer in our own ways. And he said to himself, could it be, could it be that it's meant to be this hard? Could it be that things are meant to be so disorderly? Could could it be that there's no unifying presence that is absent from the scene? And the fact that Abraham, that Avram began to question things, he looked at the absence in the world, he looked at what was missing, and he was consciously aware of the fact that there's got to be something more here. There's got to be something more to life. There's got to be something more to what I am meant to be, what I am meant to do, what this world is supposed to be for me. He saw the suffering and he was sensitive to the suffering and he was sensitive enough. He had a, a, an awareness within the soul enough to realize that this is not how things are supposed to be. And that sensitivity leads to pain sometimes, and it leads to self-medicating. But that sensitivity, that questioning within the self, also leads to transcendence, to moving beyond my circumstances and saying, if things are not as they appear to sh they, they should be, then I am the one who has to determine how they are going to be. And it was the questioning within Avraham's own heart, the questioning about the absence of God, the questioning about the abject suffering in the world, that was proof enough for Avraham Avinu. Lech lecha means go into yourself. Look at yourself. The tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Redzin say, look at the fact that you're questioning, the mere fact that you're questioning the values that you experience in life, the mere fact that you care enough to pause and look at the suffering of another person or yourself, the fact that you realize that numbing yourself to the pains of reality is not enough of a truthful path to take, that in and of itself is the deepest proof that I exist. The fact that you're murmuring and wondering where I am and you're trying to seek me out, says God, and the traces of my disappearance is proof enough that I exist. Because if I didn't exist, if there was nothing bigger than what you see, then you wouldn't be led to that questioning heart. And I believe that this point is essential to anybody who embarks upon the process of growth, on the process of recovery from any stuckness that they find themselves in. We begin with a questioning heart. We begin with that painful murmuring that says, what is this? Where is it? What am I? Who am I? Where am I in this world? And it's that questioning without answer that becomes the very birthplace of faith. People can typically look at the act of questioning as something secondary to the answer that eventually comes to relieve it. And then we can see the question as a handmaiden to clarify truth. The question is not ideal, but we find ourselves in the question. And the answer is ideal when we can get rid of the question. But what we're learning from Avram is the very opposite, that questioning is the birthplace of faith, questioning without answer, wandering without destination, walking without a path. 
that the very mere act of questioning is enough of a proof that I am ready to take the next step. And when a person finds themselves questioning themselves in life, when a person finds themselves wondering, is this all that there is? Is this the only way that I can function? Is this the normative experience that I believe I deserve in this world? The mere act of questioning is what gives birth to faith. She'ela, asking, is the beginning of redemption. We see this explicitly as we leave Mitzrayim. And leaving Mitzrayim, as we know, is something that has to happen every day of our lives. We have to see to it as if we're leaving the confines and the indentured servitude, the addiction that we find ourselves on a regular basis. And as we see on the celebratory night of the exit, (coughs) the exodus from our stuckness, the whole night is surrounding questions, manishtana, what is different, what is the same. And it's the very questioning that helps us break free of the ice that has covered us over in our stagnation and it allows us to begin to breathe again. It allows us to begin to float a little bit above that, that idolatry that we found ourselves so stuck in. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov says that very often a person asks a question upon God, upon another person, upon their higher power, upon themselves, and instead of seeking out an answer, Rabbi Nachman says that a person needs to listen closely to the question, because hidden within the question, what we'll come to find is that behind every question is a a howling cry that emerges out of the solitude of the self that is screaming out to the heavens, piercing and breaking and shattering the concealment that we find ourselves in. And at the end of the day, inherent within each and every question that we're asking is a desire to be closer to truth, is a desire to connect to our higher power, to develop conscious contact, to pull ourselves and extricate ourselves out of the thickened concealment of the idolatrous addictions that we find ourselves in on a regular basis. So embrace the questioning, learn to question, live with the question. And when a person learns to live with the question without demanding an answer, then a person begins to find that I don't necessarily need the answer. Answers are idols. A final answer is an idol, something measurable and identifiable. A person must always have questions and answers and questions upon those answers and answers to those questions and vice versa, because a person who only lives in answers is someone who has lost the art of questioning. Now, it's not enough to live in pure questioning. A person has to develop some level of certitude so, or certainty so that they can move forward. But every answer leads to a new question and every question leads to an answer until each and every day a person finds themselves being choser b'tshuva, returning through answers, returning from the answer to the question, to the answer, and learning to live our lives like Abraham, learning to extricate ourselves and to wander without destination, to walk without direction, and to learn to find God, not in the idols of certainty, but rather in the faith of uncertainty itself. Thank you for joining the Possibly Speaking family. Possibly Speaking is brought to you by The Light Revealed a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our social media content team is Zoe Poznanski and Tehila Nisanian. And our music is by Zusha. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please check out our website, thelightrevealed.org, and feel free to email us and Rev Joey at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Light Revealed. Thanks for joining, and we wish you the most blessed day in only revealed days.